This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Um, you can, they, people hate it when I do that. You can text the show on 812. Well, I can't 12. imagine why. No, I don't know. Why some people are so touchy? Um, salivarists. Um, was that an old um, sitcom with their use? <laughs> <laughs> the salivarists. Um, the saliva birds. That would have been, that one would have bring, I'm going to write that tonight. The saliva birds. About um, people who take oral swabs, two women oh, who yeah. do that. Anyway, this is Frank wow. Skinner on Absolute Radio with uh, Emily Dean, Alan Cochran. We're text us on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show on frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I'm still not happy with on. I think it's going to be one of your idea-heavy shows. Do you think? I hope so. I hope so. Write them down. You never know, do you? Mm. One of these days, it's going to be, I'm going to hit pay dirt. Yeah. (laughs) As they say in the the mining, in the gold mining industry. (laughs) Yeah. What about I started this morning doing a sort of uh, real-life buzzcocks on Frank. Mm. I sung a tune out and I... I think he cracked the cut. I think you worked it out for me, didn't you? Well, you did a good thing because you didn't really sing the tune. You did the sort of skeletal framework of of it. It was like just, you know, when you just listen to a bass guitar or something like that and you have to pick out what... I think I did so, it very well. Do you want to do it? Okay. Just in case I've got it wrong, we'll t- see what you think. Yeah, don't don't oh. worry about that. Wrong okay. is the new right. Okay. This is how it goes. We think it's ja- the jam, but this is how it goes. Do 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 There you go. It's definitely. Mm. It's got the jam written all over it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can feel the enclosure of a tight mohair suit <laughs> as you do it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows, though, can confirm, please tell me. Frank, can I... I thought it was arts entertainment, but goodness knows okay. I've been it wrong sounds before. a bit like, um, what's the one that goes, what you see is what you get? Oh, like yes. It is that. That's what it oh, is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that, oh, well, you've ruined the competition. And, <laughs> and the prize oh. for our listeners was £50,000. <laughs> But anyway, it's gone. That's fine. That's fine. It's gone. It's probably best we keep that. <laughs> yeah. We'll share it between us. Well, I think we'll keep it for uh, a rainy day. You never oh, know. Okay. You never know when you might need 50 Just grand. checking the weather forecast. Yeah. I'm just laughing at the concept that that's competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a great competition. What's Emily singing? <laughs> Emily singing. What you see is what you get by the chat. <laughs> anyway, um, you didn't say uh, make me a winner when you answered the phone, so you can't, you can't win a competition on Absolute if you don't oh, say that. such a fool, though. Oh, Frank, man. guess what we've also would like to share with you? We've had a really exciting tweet this morning. I think this might be in honour of your forthcoming appearance at the Palladium this weekend for mm. um, Absolute Radio. Uh 15th of November, 1995, Michael Aspel surprised at Frank on the radio on stage after a live show to present him with This Is Your Life, Big Red Book. 26 years on, and the second series of Shane remains unreleased. (laughs) (laughs) Can I... um, There'll be people listening to this, maybe, don't even know what This Is Your Life is. It used to be a programme where, um, amongst other people, but at that point, Michael Aspel, the uh, 
the presenter, I remember my dad used as an example of um, how it's possible to get on without being able to do anything. Um, oh. Yeah, on Kai, I mean, unfairly, I think. You see, he said to that ass boy, he said, he's, you know, he's on the bandwagon, he can't do anything, but he's on the bandwagon. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's what I did. <laughs> I took his advice. Um, but, yeah, he, he used to um, surprise people and then tell them about their life which was someone who'd had my drinking habits. I was glad of the uh, update because <laughs> I'd forgotten most of it. But it was great. It was a brilliant night. The show started at 1.30am on stage at the, uh, wow. at the London Palladium. Guests including your friend, the Rosses, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> and Basil Brush. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk. Um, we've had confirmation of um, the, the jam, the jam challenge, as we mm-hmm. call it on here. Uh, we've had a lot of people, haven't we, Al, getting in touch, telling us it is, or confirming, I should say, Ruth Jordan, for example, the, the song I was... Well, what was I doing, Frank? I was I was calling it doing a buzzcocks, but I was mm. um, humming the... Was it sort of the bass line of it? It's Ruth Jordan, it's start by the jam, I claim the 50k. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like I say, um, Al already scuppered the, uh, the financial yeah. prize. Sorry about that, but well done. We didn't know the actual title. Though. No, we didn't. And Start. Start, yeah. Yeah. Um, not good enough, really, as a title. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should give that 50 grand to charity, by the way. Either we should distribute it amongst us three or um, Absolute should just keep it and put it back in the coffers for the next tax year. I don't yeah, know. you never know. We, you know, they might be glad of it. Yeah, F- maybe. Five, six, nine, morning, guys. It's the baseline for the jam start and Taxman, the Beatles. That's from Dazza. Oh, yeah. Dun, okay. dun, dun, dun. Well, you try doing it and I'll try okay. singing Taxman. Whenever I sing the Beatles, for some reason, I sing them about five times more scouse than they actually sound. <laughs> but fine. I look forward to this. I'll okay, here we go. One, two, three. Down, 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 Let me tell you how it will be. Taxman. There's one for you, 19 for me. You know what? I think it does. Anyone still listening? Well, four people are still listening, and two of them are dead. Yes, it's the Beatles, ladies and gentlemen, out there listening to that tribute. I always thought that Ringo should have been given more lead vocals. Yeah. So even on the big moving ones, you'd be getting, yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. That would have been, uh, that would have been marvellous. Um, right, so. We've also, can oh, I share this? From yeah, oh, 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 no. No, go on, share. Share. Uh, <laughs> Frankie Howard and Cher in the same impression. <laughs> Colin mm. has got in touch to that say... Stopped us in our tracks. Morning, Frank, Emily and Alan. Having spent the last two weeks in hospital, hope you're better, Colin, I've been able to catch up on several podcasts of the shows I've missed from your good selves. In one such episode, you were talking about the Venerable Bede. I mean, Collins had me at Venerable Bede. This immediately made me chuckle as I was reminded of a fellow I work with who always called the ex-England manager, Terry Venables, Terry Venerables. Ah. We then obviously always called him the Venerable Venables, which led me to think, 
of could any football managers fit the bill now being called venerable? Mm. On another note, the same <laughs> fella used to call the speaking clock every day to set his watch. Does anyone still use that service and does it still exist? Thank you, Colin. Um, yes. A lot to it, unpack, Colin. I remember, the, I remember the speaking clock when it was naked. It was non-sponsored. And it, with just, all and it was just, uh, <laughs> it just said it. And then it got, I think, was it sponsored by Accurist? Oh, used yeah. to say the time sponsored by accuracy. You thought, wow, yeah. the Ironically time has got a sponsor. <laughs> wasting a few seconds before giving you the all important time. Yeah. We'll be talking about dial a disc in a minute. We better uh, we better cut <laughs> we better cut this now before it t- I turn into Dennis Norden. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Oh, I've got a question actually for you two. Um, oh yeah. Especially, yeah. I, I don't know if you think of Em. You think of yourself as being with it, don't you? You're very with it. <laughs> Yeah. Are you with it, Al, would you say? No, I'd like to rule myself out of any with it chat. Okay. <laughs> but let's have a go. Come what on. I was going to ask is this. You'll remember a few weeks ago my gardener told me precisely when the garden office oh, yeah. craze began. That was in 2012. 2012, I believe, yeah. Um, when did the, the term second hand get replaced by previously loved? I've noticed it about quite a bit now. Yeah. Previously loved clothing I saw on a shop thing. Uh, Yes, and it even gets abbreviated at pre-loved. Pre-loved, I don't like the Mm. sound of at all. (laughs) No. No, that sounds very clinical. (laughs) And also, I'm... um, I'm Yes, I've had our dog. I've had our dog (laughs) pre-loved. Best to get it. Um, uh, Sorry, I'll carry on. If if we're being brutally honest, some things that end up on those auction sites they're uh, they're not previously loved. Like I've sold a jumper because it's really itchy or yeah, something like that. Previously it's, loved, it could actually <laughs> yeah, exactly. despise. It's not fabric. a good it's not a good seller though, is it? To say previously loved, that's going to get people suspicious about it. Do they use it on dating sites? Previously loved <laughs> or pre- previously loathed? Definitely, yeah. I've used that yeah. on a dating site. I think most of us have been previously loved and previously loathed. Oh, okay. yeah. Which the most do you think you've been? Be totally honest. Loved. Oh, that's okay. so nice, Frank. <laughs> I'm not saying I haven't had my loathing, but that's always the yeah. end bit. Yeah. And it's hard to keep up loathing for a long period of time, I think. It's quite hard work. It, it is, Agreed. isn't it? Because you remember snacks and stuff. Like, you're right in the middle of it, and then you go, oh, I could have some malt loaf or a yoghurt. Yeah, I don't, I don't you back to you never think I'd, I could have some malt loaf. No. Don't you? Is that a thing oh, you I'm do? A a I like it. Do you go yeah, sarine? I, like I like it a lot. Yeah. Sorry. With that sort of very stylized pictures of grain. <laughs> On the, yeah. on the thing. Also, Serene, has you ever considered branching out? I mean, it's lovely that you're doing well with the malt loaf, but they, they don't seem oh. to do any other products. They must the have man cannot they do, live they by do. malt loaf alone. Do they? No, what they else do, do they do? Banana loaves, and there's like little fruit loaves sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah. Only in loaves. There's no two ways about it. Well, you know, I They're think not it's doing good. any fishes, just loaves. <laughs> loaf specialists. What are you? I'm in the loaf business. <laughs> of course, I was in the loaf business for many years when I was on the doll. 
When my day differed from my night only in as much as a couch differs from a bed. Oh. Mm, lovely. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm interested to, to know about um, Previously Loved and when it, where it came from and mm. when. Well, as I say, pre-loved, I've come across that in... And there, there is a clothing website. Well, there's a pre-loved website where... Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, it is and essentially second-hand clothes. Yes. Vinted is another one, isn't it? That's Vinted. Is it Vinted? Vintage. Yeah, no, Vinted. What does that mean? It's another website that sells pre-loved stuff. Oh, okay. I trust Alan. I trust Alan on this. I don't want anything that's been (laughs) pre-loved. I hope it's been washed afterwards. (laughs) Awful. On the other thing of dates of um, social phenomenon begin, when did the garden centre become a vibrant hub of the local community? It used to be Mm -hmm. a place, you know... Also, uh, Frank, that's happen? up there with you know you, we've talked about this before. Shops that have no business selling certain items. Yes. I mean, garden centres. Garden centre? No, but people they have cafes and playgrounds. Yeah. I mean, for Pete's sake, that's what. That's why <laughs> I used to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Don't forget this morning's texting. When did you last use a paperweight? <laughs> Oh, um, ooh, just move further from the window if you need mm. a paperweight. I mean, I when did you when did you last use one, Al? I don't know if I've ever used one. I think oh, I've, I've definitely used a makeshift paperweight. Uh, something else. It's people like you that are putting people in the paperweight industry out of work. I've had a few emails saying that. Actually. Yeah, you want to think on. <laughs> I only ever think the paperweight has just become a sort of smoking gun in a thriller, really, hasn't it? It's always oh, the yeah. murder implement. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I've I've got one, and it's a uh, it's what you have. It's a stone. It's like a painted stone, and um, I don't think I've ever used it for, to actually stop paper moving around, which I, I believe it's for. I don't, you know, unless you live next to a psychokinesis centre. <laughs> when does it move around? What makes it move? Do people have all their windows open? I mean, do you put your paperweight away when the winter months come because you know the windows are going to be shot, you don't need it. To hibernate. Yes, and when oh. summer, one of the first things of the, of the when summer comes is the paperweight comes back out ready for the open window. I, for many years I had a lovely paperweight. It was, I think it was a, a pansy in resin. Oh, do you know the? They like um, a see-through. Um, I, I looked some up on the internet, and they were all bl- the brand names of companies set in glass. Oh. oh, you know, I don't want for all your home heating requirements. On you know, it's so depressing. On that, or you want some sort of? I like those. In, you know, you can get those inspirational ones that have a message like. Oh, do you know? I, I saw one that said, "Don't let your dreams be dreams." Oh. On a paperweight, I like that. I have to let my dreams be dreams. There are certain laws of the land yeah. <laughs> one has to observe. Yeah. 
He means mainly traffic laws before of course, people complain. Of course. I, I, I mean, mean, you're that. right, though. That's highly impractical advice. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, I don't know if you couldn't legally... I don't want a shark driving my car. What, yeah. about, what about if I did... Um, defecate in the shopping centre oh. wearing just a pyjama jacket. Could I say, as evidence, could I take up this inspirational paperweight into court and say, Your Honour, exhibit A. It's specifically instructed to turn my dreams into a reality. Exactly. It's on a paperweight. It's not like it's casual chit-chat. Somebody's enclosed it in some sort of see-through material. What did you say yours was? Resin. 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 Fantastic. <laughs> What's the other one? So well done is better than well said. Oh. Try telling that to Salt Bay in the Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a big, it's not a helpful radio advice, is it? It's no good having that as the, uh, what is talk radio? Had that as their... Oh, yeah. Slogan. Anyway, if you've got any um, exciting thoughts on paperweights, <laughs> do text us. That's why we're here, I like to think. <laughs> Great business idea, because you could use any... You could use things that are no longer used and use, turn them into paperweights. Pre-loved things. Pre-loved, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd work with videos. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Iona Faz says, I still have the pansy and resin. Oh. So we were talking about paperweights, and I said earlier that had been my paperweight of choice. Yes. And Iona had clearly the same one. Pansy and resin. Mm. I love it. I think... Uh... I think the fact that we're now doing an extended discussion of paperweights perhaps answers the earlier question, are we with it? Yes. <laughs> Remember you said, it, are you with it? Yeah, but and, I don't know if they've gone away. And now we're discussing this modern technology, paperweights. Uh, but I think they might be a bit more widespread than you think. I Do think you? they're just under the radar rather than disappeared. Mm. I don't think it's whatever under happened the to yeah, exactly. They need to be hunted. I suppose if you were, what about if you if you were a bit of a commitment phobe um, on the scrapbook mm. front? <laughs> so you didn't. So you use paperweights just to hold everything. Okay. You see, just, is the oh. scrapbook being phased out? What a shame! Oh, I tell you what, I'd um, I'd like to ask you. How do you feel about odd socks? Ah. How do you think I feel? <laughs> well, I because my partner Kath. And I've said, we had a debate this morning about what you should call the person you go out with if you're not married. There was one that made me ill. I don't even know if I can say it on yes. the radio. It makes me sick. Um, was it significant other? No, it was it was lover. No. Oh, sickening. Oh. No, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't describe. I, well, I wouldn't. Um, anyway. It's very, I'm so funny. I always... I always gag a little bit when people say better half or other half. <laughs> don't like it. Uh, mm. I, uh, yes. Anyway, so Kath regularly, and I mean, I'd say every day, wears odd socks. This uh -huh. is the thing. She just, she said, I don't know why people have this thing about, you know, I like my feet to be dressed alike. I, I just like it. But I can't uh -huh. put on odd socks. That, I'm, it's on my mind all day. She wears, I mean, it's a regular just thing. 
Just lighten up, man. Lighten up. No, it's not right. There's a reason they're made for a pair. And also, she wears things inside out a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot. I don't mind that. (laughs) What do you mean? You know, so jump a jumper with, like, you know, the raised seam, the raised inner seam. Yeah. So you look like the Frankenstein monster because you've got all these terrible but, stitch lumps. That, so she'll have odd socks and an inside-out jumper. I mean, and when in I... In a strange way, the, the inside-out jumper makes sense because then the raised bits aren't rubbing against you. They're just... Well, then why are, why the are they there the at all? Edges. Also, well, I that's don't. Well, great texting. I don't want to see the internal workings of the no, chemise. No, I don't want to see the label, uh-huh. the washing instructions. That's your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I asked. I finally got round and said, "What is it? So much trouble to put on matching socks and have your jumper the right way out. It's not just jumper tops, trousers, inside out." And she said, trousers. Oh. She said. <laughs> This is what trousers. she said. I suspect that's an exaggeration. What's that? Trousers inside out. No, I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Bear in mind, she wears like a casual what, gap, gap trousers in every sense of the word. And um, I asked her, and she said, "Oh, I don't have time for all that." <laughs> about about putting on a pair of socks and putting clothes on the right way round. How much time is that? Also, discuss all that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know that area of life, of putting matching socks and having things the right way round? Yeah, don't... (laughs) I'd like to know what our readers think of this Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I genuinely, I just think it would have been so easy to put a pair on. And now our son started wearing odd socks, and this is, of course, what's happened. It's hereditary. Oh. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show on... I don't like it. Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We normally had, speaking, sorry, normally speaking, we receive praise, but we don't read it from mm. the text messages. Um, I'm going to break that little uh, contract. Don't. Uh, well, I think I think it's worth doing because I think it's an interesting um, uh, event. Okay. Uh, Skinner, stop it! I'm trying to TIG weld, which requires a steady hand, but I'm in hysterics about the inside-out clothes and have just blown a hole in my workpiece. Oh, well, steady on. We've all done it, Ooh, dear. Oh, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of welding? I've just blown a hole in my work, please. <laughs> what kind of welding is he doing? Tig uh, welding. Tig, I think it's a pig. The only kind of I welding I know I'm is... I'm putting a Prince Albert on a pig oh, for an exhibition. <laughs> the only welding I've seen is in the movie Flashdance. Oh, is, oh, is yeah. the welding in that? Yes, in Flashdance, she was a welder. Oh, is that why it's called Flashdance? Because of the flash of welding? Mm. No. Are you sure? Yeah. No. You're having doubts. Yes. <laughs> I sense doubt. <laughs> I am having doubt, Frank. Yeah. I am. Maybe it is. You know the um, you know the, the welders, do you think they watch Flashdance because like, that's the film that they're most featured in? Yeah. 
you know, um, you, you know, know what I Joculus. remember now. Hold on, I've just had a flash. I have had a flashback. <laughs> flashback See, what I remember, I remember a welding now mm. in the film. Mm. I just had that. Yes, sorry, something, Al. Something sparked your memory, didn't Say, it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. We've had a number of people getting in touch about Kath, your partner, mm. and the odd socks phenomenon. I believe yeah. Kath's her justification for it was Frank. Was, oh, I don't have time for all that. <laughs> yeah. One good thing I would say about Kath is one thing I am certain of is there are, it would be some people who might deliberately wear odd socks to establish themselves as a colourful character. Yeah. But oh, with yeah. Kath, I, I know it, it'll be what is next to her. So if there's two even sock, matched socks, she would wear them, but there never are. Because once you start wearing odd socks, they never get a chance to pair up. Because mm. yeah. their partner's always in the wash when they aren't, etc. Yeah. So anyway, what's the verdict? We've had so many people getting in touch regarding mm. odd socks. Mark... Parker, there are that many people in my house to pair them would take hours. No time for that. Really? There's always a matching pair in the drawer to match the unmatched socks. I see. Okay. Yes. It's, there's an element of laziness here, isn't there? No disrespect to right. Mark, old Mark Parker. Was that what her name was? <laughs> Mark Parker. <laughs> Mark Parker. I it was Mark Parker. Okay. Robin's Nest has said it's fine as long as you go to a house where you... As long as you go to a house where they make you take your shoes off, unless you go to don't, a house. Don't, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to do some stand-up about this, about how I, I was fine with wearing odd socks in terms of pattern, but I didn't like it if one was really thick and one was really thin, so oh. I didn't try to match up the ply. Yeah. That was the phrase, <laughs> I, that was the phrase I used. Very oh. good point. Imagine wearing, like, a walking holiday sock with an ankle. One of those, a you know... Socks. You know those, yeah. um, de- the deception socks, the ones that go yes. underneath the trainer so you pretend you're not wearing socks? That they make me ill. That's, like anyone, that's my absolute deal-breaker in a human being. It's 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 a lie. They're wearing a lie. It's ugly. Because they're telling the world they're not wearing socks, where secretly they are. <laughs> Is that right? Not in my eye. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mm, baby. <laughs> okay. Was well, that Ooh Baby? It was an Ooh Baby, yeah. <laughs> I, I, tell you what I, have, I tell you what I haven't hit yet today. Outside world, outside world, war, the outside world. There's probably a, a profound um, radio philosophical theory being broken by referring to our readers, stroke listeners, as the outside world. I think the idea is that you have to make them think like they're in the studio with you. Mm. Well, I think I've done it now. That would be a blurring of the lines. If yeah, you're in the exactly. Street. Also, it's not that big, is it? You know, I saw on what they do on the terraces is one, but once they're on the pitch, we're entitled to police that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Rodney Marsh, the Australian wicketkeeper, said, having grabbed a uh, streaker in a violent fashion. Uh-huh. Can we return to the pressing matter of socks? Okay, sparked off oh. by Cathy, your partners. Ex- the extraordinary revelation. <laughs> 
that she doesn't bother to match her socks up because she doesn't have time for all that. No. Mm-hmm. 930, hello, I absolutely agree with old socks. I have a sock bag. I'll just pull two random socks oh, out. Oh, this makes me, this hurts me. And put them on. Who on earth said socks have to match? Socks mm. are not the boss of me. I wear what I want. Wow. <laughs> I love, I'm constantly fascinated by what people identify as their maverick <laughs> characteristics. <laughs> But that, yeah. it's an inter- I mean, I can see the argument. It's my, me setting my alarm not ever on the hour or five past or ten past because it's always 11 minutes past or four minutes to. Yeah. Mm. But so I just think they look nicer, don't they, matching socks? Well, some agree, but again, Linda from Cambridge, I think odd socks and inside-out clothes would be very liberating. I could <laughs> not do it myself, <laughs> but I envy those who do. I like I could not do it myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a, we, all, we all must look at things that are being done and think, well, I, I admire it, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, yeah. but it's, she's treating it like I have Spartacus. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's I respect her for that. It's a level of honesty which is so rare in the modern world. Respect, I'm under. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. We've also had, uh, just on the welding subject, Ultra Magnus, one of our regulars, who we've also met IRL, uh, um, oh, yeah. who came to see us. I used to, Ultra Magnus <laughs> says, I used to work for a steel company in Sheffield. Good place to work for a steel company. Yeah. Yes. He's then said in parenthesis, cliche. <laughs> cliche, right, as Frank right. would say, Al. All right. The welders I knew there complained about the welding in flash dance. Oh, did they? Saying. Of course they did. <laughs> it was, in, in quote marks, shoddy at best. Right. <laughs> And then, in quote marks, would not pass inspection. It's um, it's it's a great joy of life if if anything that you do professionally is represented in a drama or comedy, <laughs> to be able to say, yeah, well, you know, I remember um, there was a cricket drama about um, a, a famous, notorious tour of England and Australia. Um, the Body Line tour in Australia. Oh, I remember that program. And they had like a bloke who was then uh, an English bowler called Harold Lard, who was the fastest bowler in the world at the time. And they had the wicketkeeper standing up to the wickets because it was a better shot of him next to the batsman. And there was a lot of people at the cricket club I played for at the time saying, do you see them standing up to Larwood? You wouldn't be at... I mean, they loved it. They just loved it. So yeah. it's a uh, I know it's a someone joy. who dated uh, quite a lot of makeup artists and would say that you'd be watching sort of Schindler's List and they'd say, oh, look at the shine on that. And <laughs> no, that is... That, you see, and wardrobe people. They'd say, did you see... And it would be some, like, amazing <laughs> drama. And they'd say, yeah, I didn't like the colour on that... Uh, <laughs> I think you're trapped. You're trapped in it. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So last week we were talking about um, Christmas adverts. Um, Yes. John Lewis and the alien invasion. We should probably just say that we mean by that the adverts that different um, companies do for their Christmas 
uh, campaigns rather than adverts for Christmas, as in well, sort hey, of... secular society, have you tried Christmas? That might be um, yeah, you know, that might be a bit of a push. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. They're sort of adverts for Christmas, but they're they're certainly angled through their own um, coffers. Well, um, we've. Uh, We've we've yet to discuss the Aldi one, which has uh, has been making headlines mm-hmm. because um, because it's quite Christmassy, which is uh, it's kind of weird that that would be you know a big headline for. It's a almost advert. they've almost over Christmas the Christmas pudding now. I think they might have. It's quite a sort of a Dickensian style, um, you know, uh, Christmas carols type type vibe, and it features Marcus Rashford, MBE. Yeah, but it as, also, uh, as well as being Dickensian um, Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, it, the background music is Fairy Tale of New York. Right. And there's a bit where um, the boy in it is, is flown, mm-hmm. or is it the carrot, is flown mm-hmm. over a Christmas dinner. Oh, very, very yeah, very snowman like. So they've really gone for a Christmas great. Also, somewhat a bit. Um, I don't know. Is it is it a tactful thing to fly a carrot over a Christmas dinner? Yeah, probably um, that carrot's quite stressed by that sight. Such See? a bit part they have as well, the carrots. I well, mean, so uh, when people talk about <laughs> Christmas dinner, how far uh, down the list do they mention carrots? Yeah, do you know point. what? I'd say it's below parsnips. It's chorus. It's Ooh. chorus in Les Mis. Yeah. Chorus? <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it's all... It's triangle in the orchestra pit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, no disrespect to any choral performers in no, or, or, or any triangle players <laughs> yeah. or carrots, indeed. Now, listening. listen, they've called this character, because as you say, it is a Christmas carol, they've called it a Christmas carrot. Hmm. Maybe <laughs> they wanted to get off early for yeah. Friday night, I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. Now, come on. Because the story centres on... Obviously, uh, Ebenezer Kevin. Scrooge. Mm. No, not Kevin. Ebenezer Kevin Scrooge. The Kevin the Carrot is, yeah, uh, is the name of the character. I would say the narrative thrust is mm-hmm. uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. I would say Car- Kevin the Carrot is a bit part player in this because it's about his It's I his see. narrative arc, it's his trajectory. I think he's the continuity, though, isn't he? Because wasn't he in their advert last year, Kevin the Carrot? I know he yeah. is. They've yeah, committed yeah. to Kevin the Carrot on a long-term contract. And they're stuck with him. Yeah. But it's interesting. Sure been hijacked by Mark Kermode for uh, <laughs> <laughs> the film analysis. Of I've the got a Albion quip, I'm trying it out. Ebenezer <laughs> Scrooge. They've called him a banana Scrooge. Very clever. <laughs> yeah. Really? And well, actually, he is a banana. I could have, what I else? Think I think Marcus you two Rashford is comics. is Marcus Radishford in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's a radish. I think I'm mean, a bit worried about that. In the the anthropomorphic thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the thing, I'm going to explain it just in case anyone does, but the idea of giving, making inanimate objects and vegetables into things that speak and that... There's a thing where you see some peas carrying some peas across the road. I imagine they're transporting their children. Uh. One of them drops off the thing. Um, and Marcus Radishford, um, I have to say, not a great first touch from him, but he eventually controls it and then wallops it into a makeshift goal. Now, <laughs> if you're going to do the anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic thing, you've yeah. got to be consistent with it. You yeah. can't have living peas and then it's all right to kick them really hard in the street. Yeah. 
So I think they need to slight return to the drawing board on the uh, morality of that. <laughs> of that. So, I mean, to get Mark, the Marcus Rashford character of all people to be kicking children in the street. <laughs> Come it on. It goes against everything we've learnt. <laughs> Return to the subject of Ebanana Scrooge. <laughs> and Marcus Radishford. Well, I noticed something, Al. Ebanana Scrooge in the Aldi. Aldi? Mm. Aldi? Um, I'm happy with Aldi. OK, in the Aldi adverts. I noticed, I was very pleased that he still sported the nightcap. Because mm. as we oh, know, yeah. Scrooge does sit very much in the nightcap chair. Yes. Mm. And But I noticed something which I thought would have been very disturbing to Frank, Al. He went to bed in a dressing gown. Oh. Yeah, I was confused oh, about that because I wondered if it was his outdoor coat because he'd been dropped in through the ceiling or something like that. I'll tell you what it's worried me. Confused. Or they might have been making assumptions about the Aldi clientele and thinking these are the sort of people that... I haven't put the heating on yet, and so let's sleep in an overcoat. It's not worried me out. I mean, Frank himself has talked about the issues he's experienced being garroted by the belt in the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sleeping yeah. in a dressing gown is a nightmare. What's that going to do to a banana? What is that going to do to a banana? Well, can I, can I mention... Probably a neck, though. I'm going to go back Terrible to the neck. anthropomorphic thing because the banana, at the end of it, all the snowmen have got bananas for noses. I didn't yeah. notice oh, that, yeah. have they? Yeah. And they are uh, bananas of a Frank size... Frank and I are discussing the director's cut. We should have told you that a minute ago, <laughs> Emily. But, and so what does a banana think about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, if someone... Had, yeah. If, if I was playing Scrooge and they were using babies as noses on the, um, on the snowmen, I'd be appalled, and quite mm. rightly. But yeah. a, a banana is supposed to have learned some sort of compassion overnight doesn't care less about the bananas used as snowman noses. I mean, there's it's so many mixed messages, I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, they've also, they've abandoned the concept of the Christmas past, present and future. It's too complicated. They've mm, chucked yeah, it they all out. They haven't got, got long. long. They haven't got that long. Yeah. I know they haven't, but still, don't do it then. If you can't do it properly, don't do it. What about... They've just said, I'm the spirit of Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Come on. What about Santa? Santa rejects the carrot for a mince pie. It's <laughs> a great right. example for the kids. <laughs> oh, I mean, that. honestly, it's a dangerous... I've decided it's actually dangerous. And just on, just on a point of technicality, the spirit of Christmas, I think, is Bailey's, isn't it? Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, lovely. Was that one of their strap lines, the spirit no, of Christmas? Or was it... Um, oh, it should have been, though. I don't know if it's a spirit, is it, Bailey? Was it, it's uh, probably not. Advocate I think it's a liqueur. Warnings, oh, which, yeah. as we know, Frank, the strap line was... Evenings and mornings, I drink warnings. <laughs> and then he'd look deep into camera and say, do you think that's OK? <laughs> if only he did. Warnings. Oh, uh, yeah. Early morning warnings. That's what I like. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. The reason I like Cat's Inside Out vibe, if I can just briefly uh, disappear into her wardrobe, 
is that it is a sort of family tradition she's upholding of the Tatooine chic, which mm. Sandy Mason, her mother, favours, which is the slightly unfinished look, the yeah. Hessian look, and I like mm. that. But I think her mum works at that look, <laughs> whereas Kath... Somebody once described Patrick Moore, the astronomer, as a man who looked like he'd caught, covered himself in super glue and then walked through a wardrobe. Mm. And there's a sense of that, but it's it's not going to change. Of you know, I accept that. Well, it's why we love her. Now, here's <coughs> a suggestion. Shall we make this? I think this advert mm-hmm. with the with the Ebonana Scrooge oh, yeah. should have been um, the strap line should have been Berry Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And um, the reason I say that is because about was it two, three weeks ago, I discovered for the first time that a banana is a berry. Yeah. Uh. Actually classified as a berry. They can't do that, though, because they have to pay Dave Berry if they want to do <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Do they? He's got in the rights now. Oh, I didn't realise that. For he's Berry got, Christmas. Anything Berry he owns. On the subject of names, I did think the um, the advertisers must be kicking themselves when uh, they realised that they've got Marcus Radishford, but getting England stars for Christmas adverts wasn't in vogue when Terry Butcher was a player. Oh, he yeah. would have been great for a Christmas ad, wouldn't no, he? That's true, but I don't know don't if you're allowed... Don't use that picture, though. They're not allowed to use slaughtering. <laughs> Also, as there's a, one as, as a Christmas activity. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. The strap, the actual strap line, of course, of this advert. Do you, does it stop with you guys? No, not me. No. It's for you to be happy. You need to be kind. Oh. Strong disagree. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. My problem with it is, it's like some sort of cynical deal that you do. I'll be kind, uh-huh. but as long as there better be happiness. <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. When I saw that, I was reminded of T.S. Eliot's Murder in the Cathedral where he says um, Beckett in it, Thomas oh. Beckett says... Oh, I thought you were going to say Rob. ..says the last temptation is the greatest treason to do the right deed for the wrong reason. That's what they should have over the top of um, for comet you to relief. be happy, you need to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comet relief. <laughs> <laughs> that was the comet relief strap line. <laughs> Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely marvellous. Oh, um, <laughs> but not that it wouldn't work on children in need, would it? No. Well, we've established this, haven't we? You were discussing it only uh, on this morning, Frank, that it's got that... It's There's no sort of posturing, is there, with the uh, the children need it. It's sort of in love with its own naffness. It's conscientious school mm-hmm. events. Yes. Is yes. what it is. That's what I like. That's what it... Uh, that's why I love it so. Mm. I, I just one last thing on the Aldi advert. I do hope that next year they feature a bit more of of Aldi. Like it's nice that they put in a lot of food in this advert, and it is quite crisp. Quite like them to do some of the stuff from the middle that's just really random, like you know a circular saw, and uh, and like safety boots. They sell all sorts of weird stuff. I didn't realise they sold circular advert. saws. Wow. They sell all sorts of weird stuff. I saw a compressor in there the other day. Are the cans weird. particularly stubborn, the canned food? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell you what, they have they gone all garden centre on us? Oh, no, no, not <laughs> they have um, They have various specials where there'll be a garden centre feature and the next time you go there will be like a sort of skiing kit. It's, it's mad in the middle of it. This Aldi. is a it's classic. Great. 
classic case of the retail intruder, the wrong thing in the wrong <laughs> shop. I've seen sofa beds in garden centres. You are having a laugh. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't garden furniture? No, it was a sofa bed. That's that's just been dumped. <laughs> It's a terrible stain on it. Every time I see a mattress, I think... I know we all have little stains on the mattress now and again, but what happened here? What did you do? Open heart surgery at home? (laughs) (laughs) Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can we... I would like to go over to what I'm going to refer to as previously on this show, Corner. Okay. We don't have a jingle for that, do we? No, we don't. We, don't. we have, um, I mean, we can go to the old. Okay. Remember, remember this, baby? I just had a funny wow. moment where I thought you was calling me baby. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I've ever called. There was an essential comma in I'm there. I'm not sure I've ever called anyone baby in my life. Have no. you ever called... Would you ever use babe? Have you ever texted anyone I've ever called baby? <laughs> texting? <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> babe, that was a very 90s sort well, of lo- new lads thing, babe. Yeah, well, it, it became um, the only way is Essex turned, made it plural. Oh, babes. <laughs> All right, babes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite catchy because I started doing it ironically and it, it does catch on, as so many of these terms of endearment do, don't they? I did it you know. out yes, by babes. mistake to my, my niece, Thanks. my youngest niece, who was uh, sort of eight or nine at the time, and I, I really liked her response. I did it in a sort of not thinking only way as Essex way, and I said, OK, babes, and she went, can you please not call me babes? I'm not a babes and I'm not sassy. I'm not that kind of person. Not sassy, she said, age nine. Wow. Said, I'm not that kind of person. Well, you can start off doing these things ironically and then you can, they can be <laughs> She was right. Because I started going, shut up, when people said something I was surprised by, and then I realised mm-hmm. I was doing it, I just did it instinctively. Yeah. <laughs> oh... And I must say that the um, the vajazzling has, has, has caused me all sorts of problems. I've had to stop doing that. It's caused me all Have sorts you? of problems. You talking about it? Yes. Anyway, what were you uh, what were you going to bring up? Well, I mean, I hope you see this. I hope you view this as a symbol of my love. I say my love for you. I mean, it sounds a bit dramatic. <laughs> it does, but that's fine. You know what I mean. Tonight it's I celebrate <laughs> my love for you. By oh. referring to Doctor Who. Oh, OK. Uh, at Pat the Badger, I mean, how Whovian is that? <laughs> Pat the Badger, has drawn our attention to the Doctor Who advent calendar. Have you seen the Doctor Who advent calendar? £109. Wow. Fans of the time-travelling... They've enclosed the blurb of the time-travelling Doctor can get stuck in to some specialist goodies from the BBC show. Treats include... Treats. Go on. I'm actually, I mean, I I haven't rejected it as an advent calendar yet. Okay. I'll just, uh, just in case anyone missed that, treats Mm -hmm. include a TARDIS shaped sandwich cutter. Less less keen on that. And Mm -hmm. a Sontaran egg cup. Oh, yeah, I can see how that would work. 
I'll listen to you all, the expert. Oh, yeah, the Sontarans. No, well, the, the Sontarans look a bit like... <laughs> do you remember Wilfred from the Bass Street Kids who had a sort of bald head that just emerged from his jumper? They've got that. Mm-hmm. They look like an egg in an egg cup, so that one... Well, that's good. Oh, I thought it might be like, you know, five-inch action figures. Oh, who wants that? Well, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> No, so that's uh, that's gone. Okay. You could have two versions of every doctor on an advent calendar. Could yeah. you? Well, war doctors, an issue. I could do without one. Anyway, frankly, I'd um, want the time machine to go to the January sales and get it half price. Well, you got Black Friday coming up now. Yeah. Don't worry about the January sales. I've already <laughs> taken advantage of Black Friday. Have you really? Have you? Yeah. You want to tell us what with? Oh, I don't. I don't think it'd be very interested. Do you want to know? Okay. If I'm not, not going to be very interested. I mean, it's Dior makeup. Oh, no. Well, that's yeah. good that you got it cheap. <laughs> he clapped. What was that? He clapped clapping. my Dior makeup. Strange seal, like so. <laughs> <laughs> Frank on Absolute Radio. Um, we're uh, discussing things that have been... Uh, plates that have been spun on previous shows. I think that's... Uh, yeah, nice, well, well nice often I think what happens is a lot of people listen to the show on podcast and then they hear something and think, oh, I've got a thing about that, and they send it, and it's a shame yeah. to squander those. They definitely that? do, you're right. Uh, and we've had, uh, I mean, a reader of the show is also a writer. It's it's a bit of an essay, this, but it's good. I think there's content in it. Um Hi, Frank, Alan and Emily. I will start by stating I've lived in the US for the last 15 years and I'm an avid reader of the show. Mm. So already we're cracking America, guys. Yeah. I look forward to my weekly dose of home every Saturday. That's us. Uh, Therefore, you can imagine my shock and disappointment at the besmirching of my favourite service station food venue whilst listening to this week's podcast. That's last week's. It's easy to dismiss Greg's when you walk past one every day. But when you cannot find a sausage roll for love nor money, you soon come to realise the importance of this institution. I don't think we dissed Greg's. I thought I was quite pro-Greg's. Yeah, I don't think we dissed Greg's. We just, Every uh, we trip just question home. Their, their logo. Exactly. They, they continue, Every trip home I take with my family, the first stop is the nearest Greg's for a sausage roll and a cheese and onion pasty. So they've cracked America. I didn't realise Greg's. Oh, no, this is when they return to Britain. Oh, so um, they're not in America. Even my American America. children, even my American children appreciate the flaky pastry and sumptuous filling. I told you that Kevin could write, didn't I? As further evidence, I did a quick poll amongst the expat community, and Greg's was consistently in the top three things they miss about home. Therefore, I would ask you to consider a world without Greg's before you cast aspersions. What's under your anger iceberg, Kevin? We didn't. Yeah. And then they continue. I'll, I'll, well, just give me a break. I'm just reading this text from my uh, manager asking me if I'm <laughs> doing an advert for Greg. I've got one of those as well. <laughs> We're not, but um, let's discuss. Yeah. Maybe their logo reflects a window of possibilities for those of us not fortunate enough to have a Greg's nearby. And, and a quote in the words of Thomas Fuller, we never know the worth of water till the well is dry. Best regards, Kevin Gray. Mm. It's, well, uh, that was nominative determinism. Thomas Fuller doing stuff about uh, <laughs> water availability. <laughs> he was a bloke that always felt the well was half fuller. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's um, yeah. I think this is, it's slight. Um, I thought we were. 
I didn't feel I was pro or anti, Greg, because I thought I discussed it as a social phenomenon. I think I was very pro. Mm. We've also song title punctuation we have from Andrew Basquiel from Dublin. Okay. He should, he'll storm it. Yeah. That needs something. <laughs> that needs something. Come let's, on, let's hurry. What, we, what about this? Around her neck, she wore a yellow ribbon. She wore it in the springtime and in the month of May. That was me, Alan, and Emily singing together. Yeah. In case you was mm-hmm. wondering. Dear, not, turns out quite well. Dear Frank, mm-hmm. Emily and Alan, you mentioned the question mark at the end of Life on Mars mm. recently. Yes. I only noticed recently that Paint It, comma, Black by the Rolling Stones yeah. has a comma. I don't know why that has a comma. Any more we haven't noticed. I love the show. I only get the podcast over here. That's Andrew Basquiel from Dublin. Now, we have previously on this show discussed parentheses in song titles. Mm. I don't mm. believe we've covered the comma. So something to think about there. I can't think of any off the top of my head, I'm afraid. No, there was a comma in last week's Doctor Who title, and I can't... There'll be loads of people who remember. I can't remember a comma in Doctor Who. The cyborgs, comma, comma returneth now. (laughs) (laughs) The... the, um, Did you watch it as well? (laughs) (laughs) There was some Cybermen in it. Um, if that helps. Um, But Paint It Black doesn't make any sense with a comma at all. I see a green door and I want it painted black. <laughs> you got to paint it, paint it, it's paint it. It's not a green door, that's shaky, that's shaking Stephen. Uh, yeah. Well, I think you'll find it was Frankie Vaughan <laughs> originally. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've been... We talked about the uh, Aldi Christmas ad. Mm. We've also... A banana. A banana. Yeah. We've also discussed... I think we talked about the John Lewis Christmas ad not long ago. On we did, show. last week, in fact. With the yeah. um, sort of Zylog character. Yeah, Zylog. As I'm christening... The uh, alien, the alien. alien uh, oblique human kiss. Mm. I referenced that, actually. When I went to John Lewis and uh, took advantage of Black Friday and she directed me towards some eyeshadows in Dior and she said, what about these? I said, they're a little alien in your ad, aren't they? I don't want to look like that. She uh, was quite offended. She said, well, if you put them put the all over your face... Mm, well, cast no shadow, <laughs> that's what Oasis say. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk... We haven't, boys, talked about the Sports Direct advert because that is the most expensive ad- Christmas ad ever made, I believe. Ever. Yes. Why are you laughing, Frank Skinner? Frank Skinner's got... If I was reading bad literature, it would say he had a smile playing on his lips. Well, my, my, I've, I've read that it's the most expensive Christmas ad forever because they've got like people like Jack Grealish and that don't come cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That's not what I've heard. I think <laughs> yeah, another story. the script probably says sports <laughs> people in snow. I mean, that is the advert. When he says sports direct, it ought to be sport apostrophe S, in, as in sport is pretty direct, mm-hmm. and so is this advert. We, uh, there's, there's not much to it, really. They just got some sports people in some winter wear, yeah. and they threw snowballs and horsed around. And big nasty. 
if you aren't on top of um, like all the different sports, it does it does have an element of um, the mystery guest round on question of sports. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what they've spent their money on, is an expensive version of Who's the Mystery Guest. It's so true, Al. And the rugby player, I do find it hard to distinguish the, the rugby players. What they never realised on, uh, on Question of Sport is the mystery guest could have just been a straight-on shot of the person. And it still would have been really difficult to say who they were. Um, so I, I think they've missed a bit of an opportunity. Um, I mean, it, it does suggest, like I say, that sport is very direct in a blunt instrument kind of a way. What about when footballers have to deliver lines of dialogue? Oh, come on, that's my favourite thing. Well, I, I built my career on footballers delivering lines <laughs> of dialogue. Because... They, they do struggle, don't they? Well, some are like, very natural with it, and some... Eric Cantona? And some do struggle, yeah, quite badly. Jack Grealish, it turns out, struggles. <laughs> he, he has to say, here we go. So if you were delivering that, you're about to kick a football into the snow. You're a very good actor, Frank. Oh, now, yes. Give, you are. Give me an idea of how you do it. Come here on. we go. What about Jack, that? Jack good. Grealish does this. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but remember, him pushing a football out is, is less. It's, it's something he does every day. Yeah, yeah. There's a great, there's an old a weather beaten um, approach to it. There we go. There's an old documentary about West Bromwich Albion when Don Howe used to play for them, and they said, "What's it like being a professional footballer?" He said, "You get up, you get dressed, you come into work, you get undressed, you get dressed in something else." <laughs> Then you take that off. Then you get dressed again. Then you go home. <laughs> then you get undressed. Then you go to bed. <laughs> it was all. He said it all. It's all been said. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. In this ad, the Sports Direct ad, mm. they all appear to sort of live in the same house. Mm. It's a relatively modest house on a suburban street. Very nice house. A bit of Brookside Close. It doesn't explain... What I'm confused about is Big Nasty, mm. he makes an appearance in this. Yeah. Um, he has sort of tracksuit bottoms on and he's struggling to put shoes on or something. Yeah. I don't understand... I don't understand the sort of narrative trajectory, though. I'm a bit confused. Oh, God, she's gone Mark Commode again. I can't <laughs> help it. I can't help she's it. She's done the hair and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I spent hours She's on wearing this crepe-soled shoes as we oh, speak. Slippy in the winter, be careful. Surely, if ever the camera accidentally slipped down on a Mark Commode TV <laughs> review, there would be crepe-soled shoes and brightly mm -hmm. coloured matching socks. So there's 16 of these people in the house. OK. Yeah. The sports people all decide to get a house together and then mm. randomly ask Big Nasty... I, I like so that. Them. Do you quite like it? Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> like um, what was that? What was the precursor for um, Popeye? It was a Fame Academy or something? Ooh, like oh that. yeah, what? yeah. Started like that. Where they all lived in the same house. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that was. Uh... You'd think though that a load of athletes and sports stars would know somebody who was in sport and was a landlord. Like you'd think they'd have run like Robbie Fowler or somebody that yeah, yeah. is sort of known for investing in property as well. Maybe Gary Neville. He's got a chain of hotels. Well, well, Michael or... Owen, if I remember rightly, bought his family a street. 
Yeah. Straight to so Paris footballer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, and there was also, um, oh, I think it all went a bit sour. I can't remember. I don't want to go into it. But there was some property in uh, Dubai, I believe. Was there? Some uh, of the uh, the Liverpool gentlemen invested in. Oh, OK. OK. I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, it, I wonder uh, if they not only knew someone with a house, but knew someone who could come up with an idea for an advert, <laughs> rather than just have some people running the back. I mean, spend that money. You could have done, you know, a bit more money on like a, somebody who did like a script or something. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it's not like me to raise sort of a lefty comic type point, but maybe paying the actual staff of Sports Direct better right. instead of spending wow uh, my name's ben elton good night you've brought down um, capitalism in, in one <laughs> in one remark do you know this film oh, i uh, didn't this, want to do that this advert also has the thing i can't bear which is when people aren't available at the same time. You know, this is another one of my strange oh, phobias. Oh, don't, I cannot yeah. bear it. Like, when you find out that they did a video together and they couldn't be in... I can't watch. Knew you were waiting for me. Can't watch it. No, yeah. I mean, they should have had some of them in scenes without snow and stuff like that. <laughs> and just up-fronted that, the problem. Connor okay. Ben is in this. Who? You may well ask. Son of legend Nigel. Oh, okay, yeah. You got. Oh. You got to. Well, you never want to keep being the son of legend, comma. Once you get past twenty-four, son of legend is a, is a worry. I think once you're a son of legend, you're son of legend forever. Probably. You're probably oh, right. right. But um, you know. We're discussing the. Uh, Sport Direct advert. We yes, we are. Explain. And which... Big Nasty is described as overseeing proceedings, which oh, okay. I would say is a very loose interpretation. It's a marshal role. He shows that instead of struggling with footwear. Yeah, they should have given him a high vis for a marshal yeah. uh, role, yeah. shouldn't they? I will say this: the Sport Direct. You've been mocking its uh, its directness, but it is one of the few Christmas ads I've seen that's made me think. Oh. I I might buy something like that. I think there's a there's a garment. I can't remember if it was a tracksuit top or a coat. But there was a there was a moment where I thought, oh, I've just been advertised to, and it's worked. Whereas I didn't I didn't fancy a mince pie after I saw that alien eat one with the foil no. on the John Lewis one. No, well, that that, I think you're right. I think but... it is directing that it advertises Sports Direct, and they seem to advertise yeah. a sort of positive attitude to life. Yeah. With, with big nasty overseeing proceedings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can um, I just say, Al, I'm interested slash uh, a little bit alarmed by your which item took your fancy. Well, was it the Grealish white Tony Mortimer for me 17 staying out Parker? You know what? It might have been. It might have been. I exactly think it was. That. I knew oh, it impractical. was. Well spotted. <laughs> Especially when one's doing a lot of vomiting over the Christmas season. The whites, yeah. I am. I thought it had the same sort of production values as one of those Sky Bet promotion adverts. <laughs> right. You know, when the fun stops, stop. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone has been dumped yet by someone saying, <laughs> listen, Steve, I'm going to be straight with you. You know what they say on the Sky Bet promotion <laughs> adverts? Well, I've decided to follow their advice and it's all over between us because when the fun stops 
Stop. Um, anyone who's thinking of dumping someone, um, you can have that. You, you had a great way of, break, of uh, suggesting breaking up with people, Frank, which I believe was what, in the manner of a chat show. Well, yes, it's been that's great having you on the show. I was very bitter at the time. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For listening to us. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. And remember, when the fun stops... This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.